When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to Talking Cars, and today we're going to be talking Defender, uh, because believe it or not, uh, we are on our third new Defender. Isn't that right, Tommy? Yes, we have uh, had quite the track record with the 2020 Land Rover uh, Defender, and in this video we are going to talk about our experience with our Defender. In this podcast, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm so used to saying video. In this podcast, we are going to talk about our experience with the new Defender. Um, but if you're watching it on YouTube, you can also see what we're talking about in real time. Yep. We're going to do a build and price, talk about the, uh, the the different options available on the Defender, and where we're going to go from here. That's coming up right now. Sit back and relax, or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, Tommy, uh, I said our third Defender, uh, and I meant our third new Defender because we're waiting for our third new Defender. Uh, but before we tell you how we burned through two Defenders, uh, because that's what happened, basically, um, let's go back, oh, I don't know, four or five months to the summer when the Defender was, uh, you know, the hottest, newest, coolest uh, off-roader, and we decided to purchase one because we wanted to test it and do a long-term test on it. Well, I think we placed our order, I think, back in June, does that sound right? It sounds right. I forget. It's been such a long... 2020, you know, it could be June, it could be July. It was the summer. No, I'm, I'm quite sure it was June. Um, and yeah, basically, we wanted to be pretty early on to the Defender bandwagons. We wanted to see what it was like off-road, but in order to do that, we had to order the right one. Because the Defender is a very expensive, very luxurious vehicle, and it's easy to get into a model for eighty dollars or $85,000. It's not easy to get into one... For fifty or fifty-five thousand. Yeah, we came up with an editorial plan, which was to create this video series called "The Hell and Back." And the idea was we would drive a Defender from here in Colorado to Moab, take it on Hell's Revenge, which is an iconic off-road uh, trail in Moab, and then drive it back, get it to Hell and Back. Uh, and some would argue that that's been our experience, and we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but that was the plan. Look, the Defender has been, well, I think the crucible for. Um, the DNA of the Land Rover brand, right? It, it's it's when you think about what the Land Rover stands for, right? It stands for a luxurious off-roader. It's just a little bit younger than a Jeep Wrangler, right? It, it basically came out of that tradition of the Jeeps being in Europe, uh, and for a long time the Defender was not available in the U.S. It actually only came here for what two years or something in the '90s. I think it was three years, yeah. mid '90s, like '94 through. I believe 97. But keep in mind that back in those days, the Defender was not a luxurious vehicle. It was a proper... It was a short, tractor. It was a short wheelbase, solid axle, off-road beast, basically. Yeah, but over time, it's developed into this vehicle that you know has uh, conquered Africa and then has become um, something that is more than just you know a tractor, which is the way it started out, right? I mean, I would argue that Land Rover has evolved far past where the Defender has, has been historically. So the Defender, even the last one sold in Europe in like 2015, 2016, were still very agricultural. But the brand kind of became focused on tackling tough terrain, but with swaths of leather and yeah. uh, air suspension. So, also off-road luxury. Yeah, but the Defender was always the, the off-road DNA of the brand. It had almost no luxury in it. So when Land Rover released the new one, they followed their new route of incorporating luxury into 
what is you know their heritage, and that's kind of what they were going for with the new defender. Anyway, we wanted to prove that it was uh, off-road worthy, that it was rugged, that it was square-jawed, all that good stuff, and we're good at doing that here because we've got the Rocky Mountains at our footsteps, uh, at your doorstep, uh, and uh, the idea was to buy one that had everything you need and nothing that you don't need, and the configurator actually lets you do that pretty easily, right? So why don't we talk about how you can configure a defender? Well, just like the old model, there are, stu- there are still two configurations. There's the 90, which is the short wheelbase two-door model, and then there is the 110, which is the long wheelbase four-door model. We bought the 110 uh, because the 90 wasn't available. Yeah, it's not coming out till 2021, yeah, it's, here in the U.S. It, at least. It's going to be a wait until we can realistically get our hands on that one. Um, plus, the new Defender is you know, not as much of a rock crawler as the old one. And uh, it's it's built primarily more, at least we think, for crossing big stretches of land off road. So if if you're going to be doing what what is now called overlanding, you do want the extra space and the longer wheelbase and the air suspension, um, and, and that all is incorporated into the four door Defender. So uh, it starts at about fifty thousand dollars. Typically, the ones you see in the lot will be upwards of seventy or seventy five thousand dollars. But we custom ordered one specifically to meet all of our needs. So it was white. You wanted white for some reason. Well, white was the basic color that you didn't have to pay any extra money for. Remember, the whole idea was everything you need and nothing you don't. So we went with uh, the white uh, vehicle with the white steelies because they come standard. Yeah, it was just a base Defender. So there's a lot of trims. Defender, Defender S, Defender SE, Defender HSE, Defender X. This was not even the S. This was just a Defender. (laughs) Total, Total, as we call it, bean can. It didn't have um, the premium LED lights. It didn't have the upgraded wheels. So you can get um, uh, 18-inch five-spoke wheels, or you can go to 19s or 20s, or kind of the, the sky's the limit there. Uh, we didn't even get the contrasting roof because that was an extra cost. But we did go for, on the inside, the six-seater configuration. Yeah, because we thought that was utilitarian and cool, right? So instead of having a council in the middle, uh, there's a seat that kind of folds down, and you can uh, fold it up and have somebody sit in it. But when you get that, because the seat is so tall, uh, you lose the ability to look out your rear-view mirror, and so then automatically you get the uh, camera, the rear-facing camera, right, that, that turns into a camera and a video feed when you look into the um, mirror. And you had to get that. That that came as yeah, part of that. Yeah, like it was like a package deal kind of thing. And, and then we, we didn't get any of, like, the sunroof, heated seats, basic We didn't even have, like, uh, electric seats, right? These were just basic. Um, I think they were called the eight-way seats. Eight-way seats, yeah. yeah. No lumbar. Uh, and the coolest thing about it was we didn't have digital instrumentation, right? They were still standard instruments in the, in the, in the cluster. If you step up to the S, that's when you get the full digital screens. But so it was it was really basic. We didn't even like let me let me clarify this. We didn't even have fog lights. No, but no fog the, lights. the thing is, and this is where it's pretty astounding. It was still a fifty five thousand dollar vehicle. Well, that's because we got the locking rear diff. Yeah. So if we dive into the options here, if you're watching on YouTube, we got the advanced off road capability package, which gives you a separate terrain mode, basically in um, in auto mode. It also gives you uh, off road cruise controls. I like to call it, but advanced all terrain progress control. Um, and then we also got the uh, where what is it called? I want to get the name right. It's the electronic active differential. And here's the important part: um, in the UK, you've got, or in Europe, you've got a lot of different power plant options. In America, we have two, right? So we don't get the diesel, which, by the way, might be coming, but it's not here. So we don't get the diesel options. We only get the Ingenium four-cylinder turbo uh, and the six-cylinder turbo. So those are the only two options. The base engine is the four-cylinder. And when you're off-roading, you don't need a lot of power. Uh, The two-liter puts out, and this is going to be important as the story develops, so just a little foreshadowing, puts out 300 horsepower, which isn't a lot out of a two-liter, especially when you're, you know, at, let's say, two miles above sea level. Right, that's a, that, that the defender is heavy, and to have it move um, that much weight out of a little two uh, two liter turbo, that's a lot of compression that you're putting through that engine. We figure. I kind of think that three hundred horsepower out of a two liter is insane. Yeah, that's a huge amount of power to squeeze out of a small displacement. We, we were thinking if there's any other vehicle that weighs as much that has as small of a displacement engine, and the only one we could come up with was the XC90, right? So I, I strongly, the Volvo, I strongly believe the super turbo. I strongly believe that 300 horsepower is like way more than you ever need in a vehicle like this. Especially off-road. Yeah, the horsepower is not the issue. I think, like you said, the issue is the fact that it's, it's 300 horsepower from a really 
um, small engine in terms of and, the leader capacity. And this decision becomes, I think, uh, crucial to why we're on our third uh, defender as we tell the story. So anyway, we got the base engine. We got everything you need, nothing you don't to go off-road. Well, look at this, though. I mean, I'm on the configurator. Yeah. If you look at the defender starting 50,500 for the uh, four-cylinder, to jump up to the straight six, base MSRP 62. It's a $12,000 difference if you want to jump up to the six-cylinder. And you get a bunch of different things with the six-cylinder, like they make you get bigger wheels because right. you can't fit the cool steelies under it. Yeah, we wanted the steelies, too, so you can't... With the steelies, you, you, you um, get smaller brakes with a smaller engine, so you could put steelies on it. But we, we really wanted to keep the price down. Yeah, we did. Um, because it's not realistic. First of all, $55,000 is still not priced down. But uh, it's not realistic to buy a $70,000, $75,000 off-roader. Like, that's just not going to happen but, in the we, real world. We wanted to compare it to a Wrangler and a 4Runner, and both those are in the $50,000 range. If you Potentially. If, potentially. Not the 4Runner. The Wrangler certainly can be. Yeah, it can be. So anyway, we, we ordered this vehicle specifically in June. And then we had to wait because they're built in, I think, Slovakia. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, they're built in Slovakia. It's a brand-new plant. They just built it. And the, ironically, the one thing we didn't get the option, which you think we get, are the off-road tires. And that's because even the most off-road tires that you can get on a Defender from the factory aren't really that off-roady. We want, right. like, we want like, KO2s. KM3, something KM3, like that. KM3, something yeah. like that. Not, not, you know, just kind of more rugged um, basic kind of street tires that, that have a little bit bigger. You know, we wanted serious off-road tires because we were going to take it into some serious off-road. So we placed the order in June, and we didn't really hear anything for a number of months. So yeah. it, was, it was kind of radio silence. We knew that um, we, we had the order in the system, but we, we, didn't, we really had no idea about delivery date. They were suspecting October is what we were told back yeah. in the summer. And it turns out they were actually spot on. So it, it, it turned up at the beginning of October tour dealership here in Broomfield, Colorado. Yep. We had it sent to a local dealer, which is close to us. Uh, and we are super excited. You know, uh, we went and actually saw it before they even called us because, uh, we, you know, dealerships here are closed on Sunday and we were driving by the dealership because it's on the way to the airport. And I saw a white uh, uh, Defender there. I'm like, I wonder if that's ours with white steelies. And sure enough, it was. So, you know, we were super excited. We went to pick it up. We cut them a check for uh, $55,000 plus tax. Uh, and right away we did a video because they had a uh, Defender X comparing, like, the cheapest to the most expensive. Remember that? It was an $85,000 rig. It was yeah. the one they had on the lot. And there are a ton of differences. I mean, everything from fog lights to the, uh, uh, like, the instrument cluster was different. Uh, that one had all sorts of crazy options in the back with the, the, the trunk. I mean, there were air compressors optional as well. There's just – I priced one out, and I think the highest I could get it was just over $100,000 was the most expensive and Defender. We, we actually had tried to get – I think it's called the Adventure Package on ours, but it was back-ordered. Uh, Explorer Package. Explorer. So that was the um, snorkel, the roof rack. Yeah. I think the box on the side, maybe the ladder was part of the Explorer. So we, we, we ordered that because we figured that's a very off-roady package. When the uh, vehicle arrived, and keep in mind, we ordered this not through the dealer but through JLR uh, because of this podcast and because of our YouTube channel. You know, we're automotive journalists, so we have access to corporate. So we ordered it through uh, JLR. We not didn't get a discount, though. We, we paid just like anyone else would pay. I mean, we didn't pay over sticker, but we certainly... I think I think uh, you're right, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, there was no discount. There, there was no discount on the vehicle. I think there may have been a $1,000 discount. But I think that was a rebate that on was a all rebate. defenders. Yeah. yeah. But it was there was no, like, special... No, they weren't it, like, well, could they, you... But they did put our order in quickly, so it helped. That's uh, true. Anyway, and then, then the other special treatment we got is we got a call saying, hey, the thing's at the uh, um, port, but all this stuff you want for the package is backordered. Uh, and so uh, we said, you know, forget about it. We'll just take the vehicle as is because at this point, you know, we want to start doing videos. Because, look, in our business, being first, being one of the first to do the Defender review off-road is important uh, because it's a competitive business and after a while when people do them then people move on to other vehicles so we did this first video and then immediately the next day we took it up webster pass yeah it's pretty mild so a brand new vehicle we weren't going to push it to the limit <laughs> day two we just wanted to uh do a cool video showing some of the colorado scenery webster pass is a, a, a trail that kind of winds its way up the Rocky Mountains to I think eleven or twelve thousand feet above sea level. Nothing too insane, you know. I don't think we ever bottomed out the vehicle. We we never got it stuck. We and that, never. That video is on TFL off road. And the other reason we took it off road immediately is well because in the winter we get tons of snow. It's the Colorado Rockies, and once it snows. Uh, all the off-roading closes for the whole winter. Basically, it gets too deep and too steep and too dangerous to go off-road. And the vehicle performed great off-road. Yeah. I mean, it had no issues. Until? Uh, it, well, it didn't struggle. I mean, at, until. No, at no point off-road did we 
Did we have any issues? Then we drove. Hang on, I'm I'm going way basic here, Dad. Right. We drove it all the way up to the top of the mountain, yeah. which was over twelve thousand feet above sea level. We turned around, drove it way back, switched backs back to the little river crossing, um, brought it back onto the pavement, drove it down the pavement for I think three or four miles, and then we got the check engine light. Yeah, right in the parking lot of the Keystone Ski Area, we got the check <laughs> engine light. I think we had gone and gotten a pizza or something. Right, it was a late lunch. And then I'm like, oh, that's not good. Uh, and so, you know, we're like, oh, wow, 167 miles is what it had. Uh, and we drove it straight back to the dealership the next day, I believe, yep, which I, is a Friday. And it, it didn't have any difficulty driving no. the 80-some miles back to the dealer. So it didn't but, stumble. It didn't hesitate. It just had this error code. But when we brought it here to our offices before we took it to the dealership, we did uh, run uh, a scan tool on it because we have those here. And what did the tool say? Um, it was showing a misfire in, I think, cylinders two and three. So it was, uh, yeah, it was showing a misfire in cylinders two and three. But that's pretty much all we could get out of our basic scan tool. We don't have the the, the same capability that a Land Rover facility has. So we, we drove it um, to the dealership, which is, you know, 15 miles down the road. Oh, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah, dropped it off at them. Yeah. And said, you know, please take a look at this. Yeah, so uh, they, they took it. They, they, they said, we fixed it. Uh, come pick it up. So we were out of town. I think that was like Monday. They called us. They said it was fixed. So Andre went and picked it up on either Monday or Tuesday. He got it back uh, to the offices, and he was backing it up, and he noticed that the backup camera wasn't working. And the fix for the check engine light was a PCM update. It was a software update. Software patch, yeah. Yeah, for the computer. And and the cool thing about the Defender is it's got this really cool um, camera system where it gives you not only a 360-degree view of the vehicle, but you can actually uh, see through the hood, and you can see as if you were, like, standing next to the vehicle or behind it. Uh, and so it's really the next kind of level of bird's-eye view because you can spin the vehicle around. It almost looks like a movie when you're, when you're watching it. And so it's a really cool feature. Uh, and... Um, that didn't work. Uh, I just said, I think the message was like, camera. Camera's not available. C- camera's not available. And that was literally when Andre got back to the office yeah, yeah. from picking up for the dealer. Yeah. So he turned back around and drove right back to the dealer and said, hey, you know, just picked up this car for the check engine light fix. Now the cameras aren't working. Do you mind taking a look at it? And that was the last time we saw it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the last was time like, we drove it. That was, I think, a month and a half ago. ago. That, was six, that was about six weeks ago, because, beginning of October. So initially, the issue that... That, that was causing that camera problem was a module that was backordered. So they had to wait for the module to come in. Yep. And while they were waiting for the module to come in, the check engine light came back on. And they were actually eventually able to replace that module, get all the cameras working. But that, that check engine light was a killer because it was still showing misfire codes. Basically, they were saying it was quote, operating outside of its parameters. And I have to say, JLR was wonderful. They gave us updates every day, you know, the uh, for either from the dealership or from corporate. They called me, you know, every afternoon, and it became this kind of running joke where the guy would call me and be like, yep, still broken. <laughs> yep, still broken. Keep in uh, mind, at, at, so at this point, uh, it, it had left the local dealership. Yeah, they told me that they uh, got a hold of a JLR uh, engineer, who came in and was going to actually try to diagnose the problem, who actually got in touch with the engineers back in the U.K. And so they took it to a uh, JLR facility in Denver, away from the dealership, where they were going to try to figure out, you know, why he kept throwing this uh, check engine light. Right. And that was a long process. So I think that's what's taken the majority of the time. That took like a month. It did. And, and they looked at, I mean, they were, they looked at pretty much everything related to the engine, everything related to ignition, spark plugs, coils. What, what they told me, and I, you know, at this point now I'm just repeating what I was told by both the dealership and uh, the, you know, the PR team at JLR. And that is, you know, they went through it and they did the typical things that you would do to figure out what's wrong with an engine. So first, of course, you find out if it's getting fuel, right? Then you find out if it's getting the right amount of air. Then you find out if it's getting spark. And then you look into compression. Uh, I mean, that's really what an internal combustion engine needs. And they said all that was operating properly. And it was still throwing a uh, Yeah, I mean, and the funny thing, too, is like typically the great thing about modern vehicles is that they have these diagnostic tools. So uh, there's so many sensors that, uh, unlike an old vehicle where you have to go through, you know, the me- you have to mechanically go through every component on the engine to figure out what's going on. The idea with the new system is you just plug in a dongle into the vehicle and it'll be like, oh, you know, it needs an O2 sensor or, oh, there's an issue with the charging system. But apparently on our Defender, it was just saying misfire, right? It was just saying – Well, they, they said – eventually they said uh, that 
they couldn't diagnose it uh, and that it was working. This is, once again, I don't know. You know, I didn't see it. I wasn't there with the engineer or the mechanics. Uh, but what I was told with the vehicle was that it was operating outside of its normal operating parameters, which is whatever a, that means. Which is an awesome way of, of saying that something has gone wrong with it. And that there's something that, <laughs> that, that's wrong deep down in the engine. I like this comment, and I think I'm going to use this too, but someone said that they're going to use that to describe 2020. You know, it's, it's operating outside, it's operating outside of its no set parameters. parameters. Yeah, yeah. So something deep in the engine. That's you know, and if you're wondering what that is, uh, I don't know. Uh, and they wanted to stress to me that they could certainly fix it. Uh, it was just going to be a matter of time. Uh, and then uh, you know, they said we'll give you three. We'll do whatever you want, basically. So I had we had three choices at that moment, right? First, uh, uh, they suggested that if we want, they'll get us a new engine. Well, that's what they said it would come down to is replacing the 2-liter the turbo in the, in the vehicle. So what they said is they could have a uh, – and this was back you know, yeah, earlier this month. Yeah. yeah, They could have an engine at port by the middle of November. Because it would have to come from Europe. Yep, and then it would take a couple of weeks to, to – Get be, it through customs and all that. Yeah, and then, and then they could probably have it here stateside some, sometime around November 30th. Well, in, yeah, yeah, or maybe, you know, installed by, by November 30th. Anyway, it didn't matter. Um, you know, uh, look, when you buy a new car, you want that factory fresh seal, right? And so the idea of a dealership learning how to install an entire new engine, I'm sure that the dealership could do it, but it just didn't fill me with um, with glee, right? You want when, That's why you're buying a new car, right? You don't want... Uh, a second engine in the thing, and that so that that was kind of right out. Uh, even though I did appreciate the offer, um, the other option we could have had is we could have gotten our money back. They would have bought the vehicle back. And a lot of people in the comments for videos are saying you should lemon lot it. And the lemon law here is it has to be in the dealer for how long? It's like thirty days, I think. Yeah, thir- and at that point it was thirty days. But uh, it, it wouldn't have gotten to that, right? right? They were they, they weren't arguing about the fact that this was not a not a fix, right. They were like, hey. We want to make sure you understand we can fix this, but, you know, because this has been such a painful process, we'll be happy to give you your money back. Or uh, the third option was to get a different car. And, you know, we're not like typical Land Rover, Land um, Range Rover buyers, right? We don't buy this because we're going to drive it to work and have it be our car. We buy it because we review it. And we have a whole fleet of cars here, so uh, it's our job to review cars. But because we have a whole fleet of cars, we don't depend on it, right? We can use other vehicles. And and since it is our job, like I said, to review cars, we wanted to review it. This was still one of the most exciting, one of the most uh, highly anticipated new vehicles (coughs) of the year. Uh, And so we said, you know, let's replace it. And they sent us a choice of two different ones. They did, yeah. Um, And they were both four-cylinders, both four-doors, spec totally differently than ours. So, I mean, we could have gone through the process of ordering a brand new one and waiting for it to, to, for them to build another one exactly what we wanted. Yeah. But that would have been a matter of months. Well, then would have another three or four months before we got in it. And yep. at that point, the Bronco was going to be out and, you know, people would have moved on. And so a lot of the comments in the YouTube videos were like, well, you should have, you know, had them build you the spec you wanted. And by that point, the video series would have been dead, right? I mean, you got to strike. Just, yeah, there's not as much interest. There's not as much interest. And, and pe- you, you guys will have moved on to the Jeep 392 or the Ford Bronco Sport or the Ford Bronco or the Rivian. You know, there's a lot of other vehicles that are coming down the pike. So... We said no. And the difference between the two was one was white, one was blue. Uh, they, they didn't have the locking differential. I don't think they had any of the F, the optional off-road equipment. So all Defenders have terrain response. All Defenders have a low range and four-wheel drive and that kind of stuff. And they actually all have air suspension in the U.S. as well, the 110s. But it didn't have the active locking diff. It didn't have the terrain response too. But we're like... That's okay. We'll just make you it know. work. And they were like fifty six and fifty seven thousand dollars. So, th- so basically, instead of the off road stuff, they had like the luxury stuff. So well, they, they had like yeah, heated seats, seats heated steering wheel, wheel. alloy wheels, and yeah. And then one was white and one was blue, and uh, we decided to go with the blue one because it was here in Denver for a simple reason: is that we wanted to draw a clear and concise delineation between the one that was delivered first and broken to the new one. So I didn't want people mistaking. Uh, and somehow thinking that somehow the you know the one that we ordered originally was the same one that we actually replaced it with. I so that's actually, that's why I went with the blue one. If you're watching on YouTube, I will show you what that one looked like. So yeah. it was a uh, Defender 110. Uh, look at the trims here. So there's S S E X. You know the like. Um, and, it was an S. Yeah, and they delivered it to our dealership. And actually, Tommy and I. This was like two weeks ago. Uh, we're driving once again to a program to the airport, and we drove by on a Sunday. 
uh, to go out uh, to the airport, and we saw a blue one sitting at the airport at the uh, dealership. And I'm like, hey, I wonder if that's ours. And so we pulled in, uh, and sure enough, that was ours. And we were super excited because it was uh, it was really cool. So it was Tasman blue. Yeah. And then it also had the acorn grained um, leather and then woven material interior. Yeah. And so it was an S, which means so the S trim yeah. gives you. Um, uh, it gives you automatic high beams. Right. It gives you premium gauges, so you get the full digital gauges. Right. Standard like alloy said, wheels. Yeah. It gives you a couple of little things here and there. And then this one also had the heated seats. It, it, it gave you the 12-way power seats. Which and going into winter was nice. Yeah, it gave you – I think a heated steering wheel, too, was another option on this one. Anyway, um, so we were super excited, and I'm thinking to myself, this was two weeks ago. Hey, we'll have it, uh, you know, when we come back from our trip to Charlotte where we were reviewing the new Durango um, – Hellcat. Uh, and then I get a call from JLR. And when I had initially started this series, I had requested a winch uh, because we wanted uh, the most off road worthy one there was. And they were back ordered. And winches for these factory winches are expensive. It's a $6,000 option, which is pretty, <laughs> pr- pretty, pretty mind boggling, but that's how much it costs. And they were like, hey, we got you that winch you wanted. And I was like, terrific. We got a new car and we got a winch. And they're like, but we have to have the dealership put it on. So, um, you know, Hold up a few days, and we'll have the dealer put it on, and then you can go pick it up. I was like, great. Look at that. It's a win-win. We finally get to make the video series. Uh, you know, we had been telling the story. Now we're going to get to make a – my, actually, my plan, Tommy, for that next video when we went to pick it up, I had this whole plan in my head. I was like, we were going to be driving in the in the vehicle, filming, right? And we were going to be talking about we got our Defender back, and then you were going to say, hey, this one has a white interior. <laughs> Didn't our old one have? And then, you know, we'd go outside and surprise our viewers with the fact that we got a new one. Um, well, <laughs> best laid plans of mice and men uh, often go astray. Um, we were told that the first winch was defective and wasn't working. Yeah, so, so you know, this is like Monday now. By Friday, no car. I get a phone call, and they're like, hey, uh, the uh, winch that we put in isn't working. Uh, we've ordered you another one. It has to come down from Canada, so it's going to take a couple days. We found one. I think it was in Toronto. I'm like, okay, all right, now it's taking longer than I thought. Now we're like into week five of not having a vehicle. Yeah. I'm like, great, but, you know, you feel grateful and you feel appreciative that they actually are going to all this trouble to find you a winch, right? Uh, and so I'm like, great, put it on. So wait, 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 another week goes by, and then I get the – uh, the, the call that 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 uh, was quite shocking. And what happened, Tommy? Well, they they said that they they cut through during the install of the winch. Oh, they, the second winch. The second winch. Yes, they cut through a wiring harness yes. or a wiring loom, and that the that vehicle w- was undeliverable. And the loom was unreplaceable. It was unreplaceable. So, <laughs> yes, um, that's once again. This is what you know. We were told. So this is a very interesting thing. Now, I have uh, I have done a winch install on a Wrangler before. Yeah. Um, and if you do it on, like, a Wrangler, it's very simple because the, the bumper sticks out three feet beyond the front of the vehicle, plop one in there, wire it to the battery, bam, you're good. The Defender winch requires you to take up the whole front end of the vehicle. Yeah, because it incorporates into the nose, right? So you have to take the whole front end off. Now, they did not elaborate further on what the wiring harness they cut through did or was. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion in the comments section on, on what that means. Um, and there's even been some discussion on, you know, was it a wiring harness issue or, or was it a, another problem um, that wasn't disclosed to us? What's, what's your thought on that? I don't know. Uh, wasn't one of the off-roader guys in Australia just posted a video regarding our... So, yeah, there's a bunch of... So there's a couple interesting things going on. There's a YouTube channel called Powerful UK LTD. Yeah. And they just did a winch install on their new Defender. And they did this big, long series. And I haven't seen all of it. But from what I've been reading in the comments, it doesn't seem like there's a, a whole ton to really cut through back there. It seems like it's a pretty cut-and-dry install. Um, but, you know, there's a, these are complicated vehicles. There's a, a lot to them. There's a lot of well, you know, modules with, that have with, to talk with, to each other. With the Wrangler, right, the way that the Jeep or, uh, winch works is you... Basically, wire to the battery, right? And then you have a remote control that controls. The I mean, winch. as far as I know, that's pretty much how every winch works. So, but, like, but maybe it, there's a hard control in the Defender, which is a little weird to me. But I, it, we don't it, know. It could be. Yeah, it could be. So when you like wire up lights to an off-road vehicle, you got to have a way to turn them on. Right. right? You got to go, right. go boop, and you got to go boop. Uh, and that's typically through a, a you cut a hole in the dashboard, you put it in the toggle. But a winch is typically just. 
a, a device that connects to the positive and the negative terminals on the battery, you plug in either a remote receiver, if click, you have a wireless click, winch, or a wired controller. I'll leave it up to you guys to speculate. Right. <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to take JLR at their word. Uh, they've been excellent. They've been. I agree. Really, yeah, they've been very good. Uh, and so, uh, basically, that meant that that Defender was now uh, not deliverable. And so now uh, we were working with them to get our third Defender, uh, and they've sent me uh, pictures uh, and uh, options for two of them: a white uh, four-cylinder and uh, a blue six-cylinder. Uh, and I'm going to spill the beans right here for the first time. I've decided to go with the six-cylinder, Tommy. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> why is that? Yeah, why is that, Dad? Uh, well, it goes back to the start of this conversation, you know. Uh, I'm not sure that a two-cylinder turbo has enough oomph. Two-liter. A two-liter, sorry. A two-liter, not two-cylinder. A two-liter, four-cylinder turbo has enough oomph, especially at two miles above sea level, uh, to move a car as hefty as, I want to say it weighs, what, 6,500 pounds? But, I don't know. It's very heavy. It, it qualifies for the tax. Yeah, it's, I mean the GVW is over six thousand yeah, pounds. So it's, it's, yeah, it maybe, toes, it's, maybe it's five and a half thousand. I think it's like over eight, depending on the configuration. I, I, I just think it, it maybe at sea level it's fine, but when you you know put it when you mix it with lack of oxygen, which at two miles above sea level you're like thirty percent down on the amount of air density, it, it really probably strains that little turbo. So I wanted something with a little bit more more heft and a little bit more now, punch. I. I actually did know that you were leaning toward the 6, and yep. we had a big, long argument about it, because I really want to stick with the original video plan and go with the 4. I think the 6 is a lot more expensive than the 4. I mean, we're going to have to dig deep into our, our pockets for that one. Yeah, I, you know, I emailed them, and I said, we'll pay the difference, but maybe they'll, they'll come back to us and they'll say, you don't have to pay the difference. I don't know. It's really, that's, I mean, I think uh, that would be a nice gesture after you know, everything that we went through, but, uh, but I don't want to, you know, I, I, part of me uh, would appreciate that, uh, and I would expect that if I were a typical consumer uh, to do, but part of me also is like, uh, you know, we, we put up with a lot of, um, lot of pain in this process that I think most consumers would probably not put up with. Right, and let's face it, they could have given us a loaner car. We 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 turned that down, right? Because we don't need a loaner car. I mean, I've got a, a garage full <laughs> of vehicles. So I think yep. if you were a regular consumer, you know, we we are now going on week seven after having paid you know a substantial amount of money with no vehicle in our garage. But we could have had a loaner. But that that's not you know that's not what this is about. We look at these cars as kind of movie stars, uh, in a movie, uh, and so. You know, at the end of the day, we want to just do the video series and show you guys that this thing is actually either good or bad off-road. Go to hell and back and, and, and test the vehicle and, and start making videos. That's our business. I'm still pushing for the 4 because I've, I've seen the pictures of the 6. I think it's at a dealer in the, on the West Coast. Yeah, it's coming from, I think, Oregon or someplace. Or Washington yeah. or something, yeah. And, you know, it's a cool rig, but it's... it's and the other problem is the, the four-cylinder is white. So they give us two options, and I don't want the white one. I thought it was blue. I it's, thought it was blue was as well. I think I, they were both blue. Yeah, I think they were both Tasman blue. But, um, well, okay, so one I'm of the wrong. issues with – so the four-cylinder, I think one of the issues was is it's still in transit. It, it hasn't showed up at a dealer. So that would, I think, be a longer wait is right. what it was sounding like. The six-cylinder is actually at a dealer, and then they, they could ship it to us. But the six-cylinder has 20-inch wheels – you know, it's, yeah, and we'll have a steel. It'll it'll be very different from what we started out to do. I think the other one has the cool steel wheels. I mean, I, I really I'm really still pushing for the the cheap the cheap the more affordable one. Well, you know, nothing preventing you from going to JLR and buying that first one that we <laughs> asking them to, to fix it. I'm not going to buy one. I can't. <laughs> I can't afford a fifty five thousand dollar rig. I'm sure that's still out there somewhere. That guy. But so I don't think either of them have. I think the good news about the Wait, six is I think it does have. The um, advanced off-road capability group, but it doesn't have the rear diff lock. And even though it has a 20-inch wheel, it's got the off-road tires. It's just—it's a really weird configuration, Dad. I think none of them. Oh, it, I think it also has the third-row seats. They both do, if yeah, I remember right. Bo- they both, both have, have the third-row, third row. which we don't need actually. They're kind of—they're kind of not, you know. I, guess. I mean, I understand why you are leaning toward the six-cylinder. I get that. I also think the majority of them I've seen are the six-cylinder. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I just I like having the little the 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 one that's a little bit different. But it, it's I mean it's your call at the end of the day. Yeah, um, you know my 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 call is is let's get this video series going. Uh, I, I feel you know 
look, uh, this video series, I'm sure, has not helped JLR uh, sell more defenders. And uh, our business is not to, you know, help sell or not help sell defenders. Our business is to create interesting, engaging videos that then let you decide, right? Uh, and so from our point of view, it is doing that. It's creating an interesting video series. But as someone who has – we've owned now two other Land Rovers, right? We've owned a Disco 2 and an LR3. Mm. And, and um, you know, the brand, of course, has a reputation for not – having the most seller reliability. But yet the ones that we've owned have been dead reliable, given that they were, you know... Well, except for the Defender, but... Well, except for the Defender. <laughs> but, the, but the Disco 2, which is notoriously bad, was good. Yep. And the LR3 was absolutely bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the brand. I love the vehicle. For the short, for the for, for the one and a half day I spent in the Defender, I absolutely fell in love with it. I think, you know, uh, the design is really cool. It's kind of got... It's different, right? Most... Um, big crossovers or SUVs like that, right, are fat and wide and tall. This one is narrow and long, which is, I think, really cool. I think, you know, the, the designers did a really good job in kind of capturing the original character of the original Defender, like those rear taillights are really cool. Uh, the materials in the thing are super cool, right? It's got this kind of like almost neoprene-like material in place. It's got like exposed screws and rivet heads to show you that it's meant to be rugged. Look, I, it's I, got a huge shelf in the front. Uh, I, it's just a really cool vehicle. I like Those the, Alpine lights are cool, you know, those little Alpine windows. I like the interior. Yeah. The interior is great. It's not a Defender. It's a Discovery. It re- it re- I mean, it's massive. The thing you said about being long and narrow, it's it's so wide and it's so it's tall. It's not that wide. It's long. It's, it's that. It's super wide. It's it, not that wide, it actually. Really, it feels like when you're, when you're behind the wheel of it. It's, it's long. It's tall, but it's not wide. It, it's pretty wide, Dad. I don't know the exact width. Okay, but I, I, Okay. Do it, look it up. Compare it to like uh, an, compare LR4? It to like an LX. Okay. Right, like a like a Lexus LX. It, it's a more or, or a Land Cruiser. It feels bigger than the LR3. I mean, it's just a, it's huge. Or c- compared to a Land Cruiser. And by the way, uh, uh, you know, we've taken pretty much every off-road vehicle you can take off-road in the last ten years. So you name it, we've taken it, and not on a dirt road, but we've actually like rock crawled with it. We've taken it into the sand. We've done some really cool stuff. Uh, and by far. The most, and, and this includes trucks, Tommy, even off-road trucks. And we've had lifted Jeeps. We have a lifted. We've had lifted trucks. We've done, you know, pretty much everything you can do that's possibly to do All right. it. I got it here. All right, hold on. Let me, let me before I get that. Let me make this point, right? Uh, and by far, the best ride off-road was the LR3. Uh-huh. By far. Oh, for sure. By yeah, far. it was amazing. By far, it, because it's got air suspension, and that air suspension is just like floating on well air, uh, and you know. It's fun to go off-road for an hour, but when you're, like, doing, let's say, the White Room Trail, which we did with the LR3, which is 120 miles off-road, it gets really old when your head is, like, flopping back and forth, back and forth for, you know, eight hours at a time. And so to have a car or a truck that just smooths out that ride is incredible. And the LR3 was by far the best vehicle we've ever had. And I'm including the Raptor in that. I'm including the TRX. I'm including, you know, our lifted F-250 with the uh, Carly uh, $10,000 off-road suspension, which is, you know, exceptional with King Shocks. All that, the the LR3 was still by far the smoothest. So let's play a game. Is the Defender wider or narrower than an LR3? Uh, I'm going to say narrower. Much wider. Yeah. It's uh, uh, four inches wider than the LR3. Okay. Is it narrower or wider than a Lexus GX? Okay, and you're gonna, you, you, with that smile on your face, I know it's wider. It's five inches wider than the GX. How about, how about the Land Cruiser? It's wider than the Land Cruiser. Really? I thought it was narrower. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's just a, a design. I mean, it's a, it's a good – the design is good, but it's it's just – it's too big. It really is I too big. I don't think so. Well, you should, then you can get the 90. Curb weight, okay, 4,900 – 4,800 to 5,200, according to Google here. Okay. Yeah, the, I mean, the Defender 90 will be a little bit smaller. Yeah. To get the, you know, get, get the smaller one. I just, I mean, it, I mean I, this I, is what the Discovery 5 should have been. Look, this is, a, this is somebody who thinks that the ideal car, best car ever made, is the original Mini. So keep that in mind, okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> my point the is, original Mini, not the current one, the original one. The size is, is a detriment when you get it off road. Sure, coming from an original Mini. It's, well, first of all, my original Mini won't go over a speed bump, but... It's 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 a detriment and the way to detriment off road. Right, compare compare it to the F two fifty. 
Well, the F-250 would take oh, compa- it. Or compare it to a Raptor. I hate, I hate oh. off-roading Raptors. I hate right, off-roading go, go, Raptors. Right, how much, what, they don't fit no, through please, anything. Uh, see, see what an, I want to see what a Raptor is. How wide? How, how, how much less is it than a, than, a, than a Raptor in terms of width? Come on. You can play that game now. Is it wider or, or narrower than a Raptor? First of all, if it's wider than the Raptor, it's probably going to be illegal to drive on the road. Right. So let's see how much narrow it is than a Raptor. Um, I'm curious. This is not helpful here. It, uh, Google is, is Google, failing me here. Yeah, the width, Raptor width. It's giving me like a bunch of different numbers. Okay. Overall width. It's narrower than the Raptor. Okay, by how much? Um, I'm going to say at least six inches. Yeah, about six inches it looks like. Yeah. But that the Raptor doesn't fit through anything. You can't park that in a garage. You can't park that on the street. You can't park I, I that. I, actually, you can't drive I, it through a car wash. I, I actually don't have a problem with, with, I, the, with, with I, the vehicle size. I hate driving big vehicles off-road. They just don't fit. And maybe if you live in like... Once again, this is coming from whose first Jeep was a YJ. It was the perfect size. The YJ was the perfect size. But the point is, if you live in Australia and you have wide open spaces, it can be as wide as a freight train. But we don't. We have trees. And watching... So we just took the the TRX and the Raptor and the Gladiator off-road. Yeah. And I was in the Jeep because... Because, well, you're a Jeep guy. Well, I just didn't want to deal with it. And watching you two squeeze through those trees... Was ridiculous. They just they're just but they did too it. much. I, yeah, they did it, but you were like, "Oh, I gotta watch watch my eighty thousand dollar side here." The, the, the little the little gladiator just goes whoop whoop whoop, and the gladiator's even too big. The gladiator's huge too. That thing is huge too. So yeah, yeah. I'm on the fence about the Defender, but I, anyway, my point is, I, I really love the car. I think it's way cool. I think uh, they they did a you know a bang up job in terms of actually making it uh, look for a long time uh, like G wagons. Were designed and are designed to be extremely off-road capable, but nobody takes them off-road uh, because, well, they all take them down Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, and I think uh, Land Rover did a great job in fighting against that, right? So the packages you could get for it, the the features, right? In a Range Rover with 22s, uh, taking it off-road just seems absolutely silly. I, I know you can and it will do it, but it's just not. It's just. It's like oh, I don't know. It's like. It's like wearing um, workout clothes to the <coughs> opera, right? You can do it, but who'd want to do that? Uh, whereas with this, it actually feels like it belongs off-road, and I think that is a testament to um, you know, the design and then all the ability they gave it, and that's why we wanted to test it. But why does it feel like – I mean, it, it really – the suspension is pretty similar to the Discovery. I'm just having a hard time understanding why this is better off-road than like a Discovery. Because you can get a snorkel on it. That, yes. Uh, first of all – you can get 22s on a Defender. If you yeah. can get 22s on a vehicle... Yeah, but you can't get Steelys on a Discovery. That's either. true. That's a good point. But if you get 22s on a vehicle, that that's a good hint that it's uh, it's tailored Look, perhaps the, the, more the, the, for The terrain management is, is pretty much the same between a Discovery, a Range Rover, an Evoque, uh, a Velar, right? It all, it's all, it all has the same uh, software, but the hardware is different in a Defender, yeah, right? But the and, sus- and that's what makes it. Suspension apparently is pretty similar to a Discovery. Right, I but mean, it's, it's the hardware. That, but that is hardware. But there's, there's more hardware. Like, there's like a Steelys, you know. But name what else? So like the Discovery, you can get it with a low range, you can get it with a differential lock, and they all have air suspension, or you can get it with air suspension right, that's right. head adjustable. But that's it, what the but Defender there's no, there's no winch option, I don't think. So you can get a winch. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think there's Steve a winch option. Burtz, Land Rover Denver has that. Right, but that was a special one. That was a special one made for the whatever that thing. But it's a six thousand dollar winch. Look, I really dislike the Discovery Five. I like the Defender more than the Discovery. But I'm saying you you can get the winch, you can get the Steelys, you can get the snorkel, you can get the roof rack. It all, if it's not back ordered, let's be real. You you supposedly can get them, whether you can actually get them or not. But you know, even the recovery hooks, right in the X, you can get those. I think Discovery still has recovery hooks. It still has that central one in the front there. I don't think it has a two in the back like don't, the Defender X has. I just, I, I, what this the, needs this, to be, Dad, what yeah. the Defender needed to be was a, a totally different product line than what Land Rover currently makes. Because that's what the old one was. And you made that point at the beginning here. You know, you know if you look at the, the late 90s or, or even... No one wants a tractor. It's a, the old one was a tractor. To, the Wrangler isn't a tractor. You just make it but, solid but the, axles. But the Ra- Wrangler has a lot of compromises. But that's right? fine. Fuel economy with that windshield that's straight up, it's like I mean, driving a... My argument would be that if, if you don't want the compromises, go get a Discovery or Discovery Sports. The Defender is the heart of the brand. This proves that we're still capable. This proves that we're still out there building vehicles built for the Outback. And I think it should have had coil springs, um, solid axles, and it should have been like forty-five grand, maybe even a convertible top, because that's what the old one was really known for. 
Yeah, I, I would love to see that Defender. I'm not sure anybody would buy it, but I would love to see it. I think a few hardcore off-roaders would buy it. Depends but I, on the price. But I think I think right now that market is owned by Jeep, and soon uh, Bronco is going to come and try to try to knock Jeep off. So then you'd have like basically three brands all going for that. And I'm not sure that there's you know look at the end of the day. People buy the vehicle because of what they want to use it for, but they keep it because for what they use it for. You see what I'm saying? So you buy this thing because, well, you think, hey, I need to go off-road, and it's going to be cool. I'm going to take that overlanding trip across the southwest of America. Uh, but the reason you keep it is because it works you know, when you take your kids to school or when you take your mom to church or when you, you know, drive it to work in a snowstorm. That's why you keep it. But a ton of people keep Wranglers for a long time. A ton of people keep Wranglers not just because of that but because they're ultimately – um, personalizable, and I'm but not, that could be the defender. Uh, uh, th- that aftermarket doesn't exist. So a, a Wrangler, look, you can make a Wrangler into anything you want, right? It's and it's inexpensive, and so yeah. Well, and, that's, that's and a defender will never be inexpensive, even in the aftermarket, right? The only thing that's in, inexpensive in, on the defender are those rods that that you you know lift the it, lift rods. The lift rods. Those are the only thing. Everything else. Is you know is British expensive, uh, and the Wrangler is like a Harley, right? You can slap about five thousand different bumpers on it, and it's built in such a way that it's easy to do, right? To put a new, I mean, you, you've, how many bumpers have we put on Wranglers now? I don't, way too many. Yeah, it's easy, like four bolts, right? <laughs> you pull it off, put the new one back on. It took the dealership two weeks to put on two inches on a Defender, but that's and, my- and it left the vehicle. Undrivable. I mean, Dad, you are proving my point. I'm, if, I'm just saying it's not going to be something had customized. Made, but if they had made it basic, if they had made it so that you could customize it, I, I don't, people would. First of all, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, I should say a lot of people. There are There's a good number of people that are looking for an unusual off-roader. So obviously Wrangler's totally saturated. Bronco, they're going to sell a ton of them. But there are those people that want to be a little different, that maybe want a little bit more luxury but still want the off-road um, yeah, you know, gonna, you know what they're going to buy? A Rivian or a Cybertruck. They're not going to buy a Cybertruck, no. <laughs> what they would have bought, though, is a solid axle Defender. It's kind of off the wall, a little bit quirky, but it's a solid brand that people know and, and, and people want to know about. I think it would have done really, really well. I think by basically making another d- discovery, they've, they've hurt themselves. And this is the one brand that, that they have that really is is such a strong name look, in the look, off-road I, world. I mean, I mean, the way you hurt yourself is by uh, having a vehicle that – doesn't doesn't work <laughs> right so maybe 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 i guess if i had and i'm not one to give advice but if i had any advice for uh, land rover after this experience i'd be like you know you need to go back to basics and you need to figure out you know why a brand new vehicle is throwing a check engine light uh and uh and you know why that can't be re- repaired that just seems like a very basic thing uh, and you know this is why FJs right now are so valuable. <coughs> FJ cruisers. Yeah, and and forerunners and Tacomas, right? Because I right. think people yeah, they work uh, yeah. be- because people uh, there's just there's been like a shift in the zeitgeist that's happened recently, uh, and I don't know if it's because of uh, 2020 or because of you know the fact that cars are hard to get now and trucks are hard to get, but people really are looking for vehicles. That are reliable. In the past, you know, I think people would be like, "I'm going to lease this thing for a couple of years, and if it's reliable or not, I don't care because it's under warranty, and then I'll trade it up for a different one." But now, reliability has become, uh, I think, crucial, and even more crucial in the car buying process. Uh, and so, I would say you need to you need to focus on reliability if you want to be successful. So maybe spend less time worrying about you know the thirty thousand dollar Defender and more time making sure that you know you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's when it comes to reliability. Por que no los, no los dos? Why not do both? Because make you the thirty-five thousand dollars Fender and make it reliable. You, because you only have. Why not? Because they, the, could, uh, do they the brand, could do it. They could do it. The brand's image is tied up right now in its in its you know reliability, uh, and uh, I think that's something that if I were running the company, I would definitely concentrate on. Hmm. And I, I agree. Look, I, agree. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's paramount. Yeah, it is yeah paramount. and look, it's a new factory. It's a new vehicle. It's going to have it's going to have issues. It just is, right? You, you build a new factory, you build a new vehicle, and you combine those two in a new country, right? So it's no longer being built in the U.K., uh, and you combine those three things, and, and you end up with, um, obviously, some, some teething issues, and I think we're experiencing that. All right. Well, let us know what you think in the comment section below yeah. on the new Defender, 
our um, our issues with our defender. And be sure to stay tuned because we'll have uh, the full transparent results of what comes out of this coming soon. Yeah, I can't – like I say, I love the brand. I'm a big fan. Uh, and as a journalist, I know I shouldn't say that. But there's just something magic about uh, Land Rovers uh, that's very different from the magic that it's in a Jeep, that's very different from the magic that's in – you know, a Toyota, uh, and uh, I, I really want to do that video series, uh, or I just want to get the thing and actually start, like, you know, right now we're getting to the time of the year where we're going to be closed down by snow, both here and in Moab, right? In, in Moab, it also snows, uh, and then the trails get closed, or if they're not closed, you really don't want to do Hell's Revenge when you're, uh, <laughs> you know, on a 30-degree on a slope no. that's covered in ice. Not great. Yeah. You know, Slick Rock, here's the irony, right? Slick Rock is very sticky, Unless it's icy or wet. Right, and then it's very, very, very slick. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let us uh, close this up, Dad. I think we've uh, had kind of a good discussion today. This was a good one. Yeah, and then I would say, guys, uh, if you're listening to this and you're looking for a place to sell your truck, we've got a new website called TFL Bids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an auction site. Uh, we're selling our F 250 on it, it's up for sale. Right now, by the time that this uh, airs as a video, it might be it might have been sold already. But if you're listening to this, you can certainly go over to tflbids.com uh, com and check <laughs> check it out. There's like four vehicles for sale. There's also and, a really cool Ram Charger. Yeah, there's a Ram Charger. That's getting me super excited. And a Defender now for sale. There is a 110, but with a six-cylinder. Yeah, with a six-cylinder for sale. So check out TFL Bids, or better yet, if you guys have a truck, because the thing about TFL Bids, it's basically all trucks all the time. And you may be wondering, well, why is there a Defender on it? Because it's a truck. We consider anything that's body on frame a truck so there's also a wrangler on the site right now so all those defenders unibody it's a truck (laughs) (laughs) i'm calling it a truck so uh yeah it's all trucks all the time let us know uh how we can make it better and if better and especially if you're looking to get kind of the best um money available for your vehicle check it out and list it with us and we'll do uh, our darndest uh, to to help you as part of our tfl truck community and tfl car community get it sold All right, I think that's it. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.